0: He's Akili Naziri, I'm Reggie Bailey This is Books of Pop Culture Akili, how you feeling? Good <laughs> I was like, oh, alright,
1: yeah, no, good, great You know, uh, as, I, as I have said uh, in previous shows You know, hair getting longer Oh, did I get a shake? I felt a shake um, But hair's getting longer, you know what I'm saying um, book list is as well uh and sure. it is a really good week for me staying up late which i need uh, to get some rest i tried to get some rest prior to this and i was unable to resist um mm. playing
0: with shucky and Trees. so <laughs> i'll go to sleep after this yeah man yeah <laughs> how man. you feel how you feeling? hey man you know I'm, I'm good i can't complain just um another day in paradise man yes you know man. and um right. Thank you to the fellowship, first and last time viewers, first and last time listeners, and everyone in between, because you can be anywhere in the world right now, but you are here with us. We do not take that lightly. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Um, You know, books of pop culture can be consumed, if you will, at a lot of different places, Uh, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, right? And all those places you can do things that we really like. Um, you can subscribe to us. You can follow us. You can download the episodes. You can leave a comment. You can leave a review, five-star reviews, too. Um, glowing reviews, rave reviews, right? Um, and you can share, right? You can share with your friends. You can share with your family, your associates, your physical and your digital communities. You know, all that is great because we also have goals, right? We want to reach a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Right. So that's, that's why I mentioned that. I also mentioned that because we have this really cool community I mentioned called the fellowship, right? That's our Patreon community. And, you know, we, we do fun things over there. Right. Which is one of the reasons why you should join. Another reason why you should join is because we, we think and you know, depending on how we talk and how we feel we know we're doing great work here and we want to do this for a living. Um, and, and, the magic number that we have in mind is 2,500 patrons, right? So 1,000 YouTube subscribers, 2,500 supporters on Patreon. That's what we're going for. Um, support BAPC because you, you won't regret it. You know, we we definitely are doing important work, I think. Important work. Killer, um, we have a special guest today, man. It's special it. guest, talented guest. Um, you know, this guest writes... Make Love in My Car, which is a music column for Southwest Review. Some of her other work can be found in or on the Paris Review, High Times, The Rumpus, and more. She's the author of the poetry collection called The Collection Plate and the essay collection called When You Learn the Alphabet, which won the 2018 Hour Prize for Literary Nonfiction. Our guest today is Kendra Allen, and we will be talking to her about her debut memoir, fruit punch after this quick break Kendra I am glad you are here and I must start off this show with somewhat of an apology okay mm. and and the reason why I have to apologize to you is because I reached out to you to get you up here right mm-hmm. which which is great it, you know apparently it worked right but it could have been easier had I checked my spam folder because what happens is and this is a lesson for potential like podcast people or guest bookers or or whatever you call yourself right mm-hmm. um event coordinators um so sometimes on websites you go to contact sections and you fill out the little contact card or whatever contact sheet you know y'all know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. so i did that right i did what i was supposed to do you know i i i tried to you know say nice things and let Kendra mm-hmm. know we would like to have her on and talk to her about her work and blah, blah, blah. Right? But what happens, and now I wonder how many times this has happened, <laughs> is mm-hmm. when you get those messages sent back to your mail, at least on Gmail, they go to your spam folder sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know what's going on under the rug. You can, like, tag it or something strange. It's, it's, it, yeah, yeah, Yeah. So, I want to start off with an apology because I could have made this more efficient but i also want to thank shanika and crystal because they both reached out and you know made sure that we made contact so yes apologies and thanks
2: no it. apologies needed i was like <laughs> i responded but i knew spam i knew because i missed stuff too so it's like it's cool i just reach back out it's fine
0: yeah <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. yeah no we're, we're here now and I'm, I'm very excited for this so yes
2: Same, thank y'all for having me here. Of course,
1: course. how are you doing genuinely? Now, when we ask this question, you know, if you've got trapped gas, (laughs) let us know. You know, if if it's too hot or if it's too cold, just let us know. So, Kendra, how are you doing genuinely? And feel free to explain however you feel.
2: Oh, um. Thankfully, the gas is not trapped. Um, I'm good on that end. Um, But um, if I'm like for real, uh, I've been kind of struggling lately, emotionally, Mm -hmm. mostly. Um, Yeah, just kind of understanding like all the shit I've like suppressed my whole life is wanting to come out and I don't know like I finally feel safe enough to like uh start processing it but my mind my brain is like it won't let it come out and so it's just been like a war or like a fight for like the past couple months if I'm being honest but like the past couple weeks has been weird but um I guess I'm good physically um you know it's a it's a roller coaster, but I'm good today. <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's good. How are y'all? Thank I you. For, I have trapped gas. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad you asked, Kendra. You know, I've been waiting to, to talk about this. Uh, uh, yeah, my the, the left side of my back has been hurting, and I recognized it as trapped gas. Um, and so. Uh, I'm I'm pleased to have someone actually uh, be concerned about me and my gas, uh, but it's not trapped no. It's not trapped no longer. It okay. is free. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I'm doing good. What about you, okay.
0: I mean, I'm I'm good. You know, I was just thinking the good thing about like this being virtual is the fact that like in the event you wanted to trap your gas, you actually could just like go on mute. Mm-hmm. you know and no one knows that's a, that's a beautiful it. thing just See, something i just thought of me. just now
1: you know i don't go on because i have the crisper app so it's just like <laughs> but you can't hear it you know yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: no I, I just push on that mute button you know in the event it, it were to happen um, i just
2: be like my bad <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: word word well not bad <laughs> not bad i don't judge so mm-hmm. you know no worries but i'm good though i i can't complain um you know just just every you know what's crazy i say one day at a time and i don't mean it as a negative thing mm-hmm. um i mean it just as like literally like it you know today is you know what tuesday we're recording on tuesday um and you know tomorrow's wednesday right i just go one day at a time and that works well for me you know so i'm good i'm glad to be here Okay. I'm glad y'all doing good. Thank you, you, Kendra, for asking. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And um, I want to ask you what is the most important lesson you have learned about the business of writing, right? And I'll frame it to make it kind of unique here, hopefully. Um, I know now you're with Echo. Your last two works have been with Echo, but you came out on university press initially, right? Mm -hmm. And you also won a literary prize early, you know, in your, you know, career, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm just curious, like, what all of that means to you, you know, and any other thing you could think of, right? I I ask it in a singular. Feel free Mm -hmm. to tell me, tell us as many lessons as you like, right? But what is the most important lesson you've learned about the business of writing?
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, so I've been talking about this lately. It's the... It's the fact that I like came to the realization, and maybe it's just me reaching, but I feel this in my spirit that um, like publishing and like the business side of it do not care if the work is good. They just want it done so they can sell it, um, and so and they like we can market it whatever way we want to. Just finish the book. We don't got to know what it's about. We don't got to know if it's good. We just need to say, hey, this is a black girl story, and you know, we gonna put that on there. And yeah. I'm understanding that. Um, so it's really which was kind of like hard for me at first because I care about the stuff I write a lot and especially with this book it, it got pushed back twice because it was just hard to finish like I thought I would I wrote another book because I couldn't finish that book I was like I just can't do it I was trying to quit for like two or three two or three times it kept getting pushed back and I was like thank you thank you Jesus thank you <laughs> um but in their mind they're like, Hey, no. And then I remember like emailing, I was like, I just need some time because you know I'm like struggling, like it's a lot in this book that I ain't even thought about that I'm writing down. Um, and this was the second time it got pushed back and I got the response of like, yeah, but we can't push it back anymore. Like we need it now. It was like, forget whatever the process is. We we need to market it. In. Is that the word? Yeah. So that's like my my main lesson on the business side. But also the other lesson is who cares? Like take your time. Like I had to start mm-hmm. training my mind to do that because I kind of rushed my whole life. Um especially like things I love to do or like, I'm like, oh, well, how can I be successful at it? Or, oh, how can I like get it to the masses? Or, oh, like whatever I want to do from a kid, from sports to dance to whatever I'm into at the time, I'm always in a rush to get to the end goal. And I think with this process through learning like how the industry is, um, it kind of, like rested my brain a bit to be like, slow down, take your time. Cause it don't matter what you give them, but like you need to be proud of what you do and you can't rush it. Um, So that's been like my biggest adult lesson. If I'm for real, like take my time. Don't stop rushing everything. Cause that's how you not just how you mess up, but it's like, come on, like writing is drafts. So it's like 20, 30 drafts that, to just even get good or just to even understand what it is you're doing. And so uh, yeah, yeah, that's my long answer. Yeah. No,
0: that that's that's perfect, right? And I I wanna ask this and I, I, let me know if, if if this is a reach or anything like that, right? But I, I like what you said about just like the rushing piece and about being patient mm-hmm. and I know that you're not like on social media, at least as of the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And, but I know you were because I followed, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to know, was there, were you seemingly getting pressure to rush from that, right? And the reason I ask is because, you know, you you curate your feed, you can ultimately see what you want, right? But I know I try to see a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. And some of what I see is like, <laughs> success you know successful motivational talk right yes and so much of it it is right (laughs) and so much of it is hey you you can get money back you can get this back and get that back but you can't get time back right Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if some of that was like kind of seeping into you and and if that spoke to I guess the rushing that you said you were um into
2: yeah um It's a lot of reasons I kind of got off the socials. I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years. I was really only married to Twitter because it was fun. Um, But Instagram and stuff, I would use it when I needed to. But part of me knew that this book was coming out. And part of me knew, like, the people I follow, I actually talk to them. And it's like people, I might not know them in real life, but, like, we... There writers I like, their uh, books, the grammars I love, like somebody who I, I'm interested in. Um, But at some point, if I'm being honest, I knew this book was coming out and I knew like the reception of my other books and like people who would DM me. And to be quite honest, it was just like the... The, the praise was like getting to me. Mm-hmm. It was get, not getting to me like I'm getting big headed, but getting to, getting to me like nobody is like understanding what I'm writing. Or like no, or they do understand, but it's like I don't want to be like, oh, you're brave or like, oh, you're, you know, You're Like all these words, these buzzwords Like you're courageous, you're this, you're that Because I don't feel like that on the inside um, Which is probably just a testament Of like my insecurities that I need to work through But I have a hard time like accepting Praise, I don't like being Talked down to, so I have a problem With authority, but I also got a problem With people talking up to me Because I feel like I'm just a, a person like low-key like I just want to talk I just want to kick it um we don't have to mention a book at all like how you doing today and that was kind of getting to me and I knew like though especially women like other black women um they like we see ourselves in each other and like yeah. it would be stories and it's just like I haven't even worked through my shit and that's like a lot because my my mind is like what can I do to help you? Or like, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Or like, jumping into like this self-sacrificing role, which mm-hmm. is like a mothering, which is the whole theme of like this book.
1: It's in the uh, book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: All
1: I'm thinking about is from the minute I asked you how you were doing, genuinely.
2: Yeah.
1: I often think about when someone's writing a memoir. Uh, you know, one person in particular, Kiyosaki is heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking about what it's like to relive, right? Like that story. Like for a living, right? And and you know, when you're talking about the process of writing it, it made me think about like, you know, like you just said, you you're still working through this stuff. Yeah, you're not done with it, right? And it's kind of just
2: beginning.
1: Everybody's gonna treat it as if because there's a product there, like you're past it
2: and yes. like you're ready
1: to talk about it with people who are outside of the realm of people who you were already just working your way into talking about it.
2: Really. Yes. And it sounds like wildly ungrateful because it's mm-hmm. like, I'm super grateful. Like I'm more than grateful, but I don't know how to, I probably just don't have the language to express like what I mean, but I'm like, I don't need that from my work. Cause yeah. I kind of know what works with my work um, because I've been, obsessed with it for so long so I already know once it's out like what people are gonna that's a weird thing to say like I kind of can gauge like what people will say like the response to it um I've always been really good with that but it's it's weird it sounds very ungrateful and I don't mean it that way because I really do appreciate whoever said says that they like my work because mm-hmm. that's the point not the point but like that's uh I guess that's the reward yeah. um when your work is out in the world yeah
0: yeah. And 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 I think what you were describing too, like with those those words, like brave, courageous. One that I see is powerful a lot, right? You know which and one get me? Which one?
2: Raw.
0: Uh, raw, yeah. It's
2: raw. <laughs> right, right.
0: Word, and, and it's 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 patronizing. I had to look up the word and make sure I was I was using it in the correct um, manner, right? But I believe that's that's the word, right? Because it's 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 nice, but it's condescending also, you know. Yeah. And you in in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of of all that either. Like, just just kind of like like we the same, you know? Like, I don't yeah. I don't feel like I'm really different from no one. So I, I get what you're saying.
2: And they don't even mean it in that way, but it's just like I don't know. Yeah, I'm still figuring it out. But yes, I get what
1: you're saying. Can you provide uh, a synopsis or like elevator pitch of what your book is about, and let us know the inspiration behind it?
2: Um. Like my little short elevator pitch mm-hmm. is yeah. it's a coming of age story about falling in and out of love with family. Like that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly falling out of love with the ideal family. Yeah. Um and that I've been trying to write this book a long time that I'm thinking about it, like. Literally, I thought it was a lot of different things. Like at first, I thought it was gonna be an essay collection, like this heavily researched collection on the concept of virginity and how it's like not real and how it's used to like suppress girls and women and things like that. Um, and I just I had it all planned out, mapped out. I don't know why I even did that. I should have knew that was a sign because I don't outline nothing. Um, (laughs) but I was stalling. Um, And so that didn't work out years ago by, I go to grad school, um, I need a thesis, (laughs) Um, and I can't write, I start therapy at that time as well, and I can't really write essays, like my first essay collection came out during that time in grad school, and I was getting like congratulations and like everything that I Yes. Thank you. And everything that I wanted to like happen that I've been like praying for literally it was happening. But also like I was the probably the most depressed I've ever been. Um, But all this was happening. I couldn't write essays. And so I ended up writing the collection plate, which is the poetry, um, just because I couldn't write it. And I started trying to work on like different essays and everything that was coming out. It was like abuse, 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 abuse. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Ah." again, I'm in therapy. And like, he's giving me the language for these things. He's like, Hey, um, I'm like, bro, I I went there because I was like, I literally don't feel anything, bro. Like, I don't feel Mm -hmm. close to nobody. Like, besides my mama, I don't really, like, anybody Could die right now. I'd be like, dang, it's sad. Or like, (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm. like, it was just, I just don't feel nothing. I was like, I don't care about nothing. I don't care about getting close to people. I don't care about having friends. And Mm -hmm. he was just like, yeah. He started asking me, of course, uh, family and stuff like that. And he just like, oh yeah, you was emotionally neglected. You don't even know how to feel your feelings because you've been like suppressing them for so long. Or yeah, you was like your mama entire life. And so she abused that and manipulated that. And I'm like, first of all, don't talk about my mama. (laughs) Like Like, that's just the the thing. But then I shut up. I started listening. And I was like, Dang. You absolutely right. Like everything, do go back to my mama, and yeah. a lot of my stuff was like me thinking it was my daddy, which it is, but his was more clear, so I could identify it. My mom's is more like undercover and like, yeah. yeah. And so I was going through that, and I graduated grad school. This is a long story. I'm so sorry. Um, You're
1: good. This is was, that kind of stuff. So walk okay. out.
2: I was going to, I left grad school and the pandemic had hit like a month before I was graduating grad school and I ended up leaving early. I like broke my lease. Cause my mom was raising three of my little cousins at the Mm -hmm. time and they were two, four and six at that time. Um, And of course this is something that's been going on my whole life. Like just somebody living there and I'm like, bro, like my mom is getting old. Like she shouldn't have to do this. I didn't have to go back home. I should, I knew I shouldn't have, but I went, I was like, she need help. Um, Nobody else going to help her. And so I lived with her an entire year, a little over a year. And I was just like, Falling in love with these kids. Like I already feel I love them, but like it was just different. Mm-hmm. And like I was just knowing them as people, like little people, not kids, but actual humans. Mm-hmm. And I would see like certain things that my mama would be doing, and I would get triggered by it. And I'm yeah. like, why are you doing that? Like she's four. She's not gonna get it. Like, why are you yelling? Even and I'll catch myself screaming too, you know, kids be it's a lot. And they feed off each other energy. And Mm -hmm. I would catch myself and I'm like, I'm sorry, I screamed at you. I shouldn't have did that. Like, I should have just come down. And it was just a lot of stuff that I realized was off. And I started having like panic attacks again, which I have not had since I left high school. Like when I left her house in high school and I was just like, bro, I was writing a book at this time. Keep in mind, I lost the the plot of the book. (laughs) I was working on the book at this time, but I I was also like being a mother. So like I'm getting them ready in the morning and I'm like, cooking I'm going to the store I'm doing all this stuff and then while they sleep I'm in the back room trying to write fruit punch but it's not working out because I'm like getting triggered by like my life and my family yeah. and like y'all still doing the same stuff for 20 years like come on now um, it's not that hard <laughs> Like, just stop and um so that, that was happening and I started having like these really bad panic attacks again my mama not even on like Kind of expecting me to just feel this role that i've been doing my whole life and i was like i gotta go move to san antonio literally just picked a place and i was like i have to go and yeah. drove to san antonio looked at five apartments picked one and i finished the book here so that was the process of mm-hmm. that's the yeah
1: that's yeah. amazing It's so uh this is uh we call them quest well it's not a question this is like a statement but we were, so we have a couple of questions about something that me and Reggie were talking about yesterday, and that conversation spilled over to me and my wife talking about some of these things that, you know, well, we Black, so I'm talking about Black folks, right? But that, that marginalized communities kind of go through, and they just think of it as normal as they're going through it, right? And then um, for me in particular, college is like this you know, this like step out of that world where you see like that wasn't normal, yeah. you know? And then like, or or whatever normal is supposed to be, right? And yeah. then you go back home and you like, yo, like for instance, like my little brother, like Joe, what is you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing dog? Like, but they didn't leave. And so they're just kind of still in that, in that cycle. Uh, and so like when I was, when I'm reading this book and thinking about like what you were just saying about feeling emotionless, right? Those are like so many of my students. And so I've been really emotional learning, um, you know, from when I just left education in terms of the secondary, like 16 year olds, uh, 17, 18. And in terms of what I do now, working with like 19, 19 year olds and up. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a necessary story, both what you wrote and what you just told us. About the process. So that's why I'm like, yo, it's that kind of show. Rock out. So, you know what I'm saying? Talk. Talk talk. Let us know. Cause people want to hear that. They want to know. And it's better when it's like, you know, in a in a space where it's cool for you to do that. Where they're not yeah. like you need one one minute, 36 <laughs> second answers.
0: Uh you know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
0: No, yeah. Yeah. no, and 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 like in here too, right? Just to add on to what Achilles was saying, you know, we we do a lot of long form reading, and, and you know if this becomes long form as well, then hey, it just kind of fits into what we already doing anyway. So you know, no no need to worry about how long or short the wind is. You know, like we okay. here to talk, yeah. And um, thank you,
2: cause let me
0: know. <laughs> nah, you're you're good. Typically, right? I I, I usually asked about like epigraphs here, right? But mm-hmm. based off what you just said, I'm going am kind of move move up a little bit, no. and you know, th- this episode, right, if I'm correct, it should be out like October 27th, right? But like Akili was saying, yesterday, we recorded, you know, an episode, you know, live or whatever about just <clears throat> some goings-on in the book world, and you know, we, we ended up talking about the trauma plot. That was one of our topics, uh, that that uh Peril Segol, Brandon Taylor, our, our friend Swati, you know, they all have wrote about it in, in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And of course... You know, one of the topics that came up during the conversation was, you know, how to live with and use words like trigger and trauma appropriately. Right. Mm-hmm. And in your authors note, you share that we will indeed run to last, which we run into plenty of those, by the way. Um, but you also mention specific things that may confront, you know, those who, you know, engage with your words. Right. And you even acknowledge while doing that, that words like trauma and trigger are you know overused or used uh loosely right and yeah. you let folks know hey look if you got put down to work that's cool right Yeah. so i want to know you know if you could speak to us about the inclusion of your author's note right and and specifically the usage of like the laugh part right the piece where you say you're going to laugh and you mentioned that first, right? Yeah. I want to know about any resistance. So I have like a couple questions. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No worries, right? (laughs) I want to know if there were any resistance that you faced um, when it came to the inclusion of your author's note. I want to know if you wish other authors would include these more. And I also want to know, do you think this is something that should lay on the author's shoulders in the first place? You know, because part of the conversation that I've been having is, and I, I, I'm inserting opinion in the question now. Um, I think if anything, that should be the responsibility of the publisher, right? But you know that that's my opinion. You know, you, you're gonna say what you're gonna say, but those are all the things I, I want to ask. I, I hope you remember all of it. If not, I'll just you know re-say it. No problem.
2: Okay, I remember the first two, so I might need <laughs> help on the last one. But the no the yeah. publishers didn't say anything about the author's note like actually that was my deal like it was going again I rewrote the book like for the sixth time and she was like Kendra like no (laughs) like edits not rewrites edits (laughs) um and so that happened I was just like well can I put like an author's note at the beginning and she was like cool sent it in literally nothing it was just in the book so it wasn't like um a conversation to be had, I don't think, uh, but it wasn't had either. The other question, I forgot the other question.
0: No, no <laughs> worries. I know, I know, I put a few in there, right? So, uh, I'll just get down to the question parts again, right? So, I wanted to know about the inclusion of the note and if there was any resistance, which you told me. But I also wanted to know about the specificity of mentioning that you'll laugh first, okay. right? Yes. Um, and I also wanted to know if you think this is something that should lay on the responsibility of the author anyway to include, you know, what one may call a trigger warning uh yeah. for your work.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> it was important for me to talk about humor in that author's note because I knew if I led with just like trigger and trauma, it would turn like a couple people off. Uh because you gotta be like in. An- You don't know, like you got to be in the right headspace, and only you know what you would get triggered by. So I'm thinking somebody is triggered by a certain thing in the book and they just read through it. Don't mention it, don't say none, it's nothing. Uh, But something very small and minute could be something that triggers it. so I understand that because I read a lot. Um, and I understand it's like, oh, it's not what happened. It's how they said it. And like, yeah. that that's what's hitting me in the chest. Um, and that's what's making me close the book. Um, I don't know if I think the responsibility should be on the author. Um, yeah, I don't know. I never thought about that. Because I know me, like when I read certain things, I was reading Gail Jones's um
0: I can never sure.
2: say it. Carigadora. yes, yes,
1: Karigadora. Is that how you say it? That's how I say it.
2: Yeah, that book yeah, is a 10, 10, 10 out of 10, and I'm still not done with it, but I know it's a 10 out of 10. And I've been reading it for months. And um, I'm still it's, it's very short, it's very compact, but it's a lot. But I know I love it, and I know it's amazing, and I think like I know when to close it, when it's time to be like, all right, Kendra, you know, that's yeah. enough for today. Yeah. You got to uh, decompress a little bit or like go journal or something. And so I think as an author, um, I trust the reader to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have to put that author's note there, but I kind of put it there for my little cousins when they read mm-hmm. it, for my family when they read it, because some of that stuff they mm-hmm. might not have. A lot of that stuff they don't know um, and it, are reading it for the first time. And so, yeah, I guess it was just like a form of respect. I don't know. Um, tried to be a form of respect. Um, so, yeah, that's why I put that there. But, yeah.
0: There, there's a line earlier in your work where you say, you know, L.A. say not doing what you told, not listening <laughs> can get you hurt or get you hit. But I've been both a lot of times and ain't die. So I don't think it's that big a deal. And this made me think of, once again, the conversation that Akilah and I were having yesterday because I shared an antidote with him, you know, just from like my senior year of high school, how I ended up having to, to move for whatever reason. Right. And I refer to the situation as difficult, but I feel like I've had a friend who I've told this conversation to or who I've shared the same antidote with and she called it traumatic. Right and it just made me think of like that scene right because you know you were saying you know it's not that big a deal like I've been hurt and hit a lot and um you know I I I just think it's interesting how like I guess we're we're still kind of working our way around just that word you know um
2: you know it's like crazy thank you for sharing it with me um what's like crazy is I was I had kind of a similar experience. Um, I was in Houston. It was like one of my last times visiting Houston. And I was outside talking to my daddy's wife. Um, and I had, he had done something crazy. And we were just outside sitting on the truck talking. And I'm listening to her again, adults telling me all their business, like I got the answers because I shouldn't even been involved in that conversation. (laughs) Uh, But she Mm -hmm. was talking to me and she was like, you know, like just randomly, she was like, you know what, Kendra, Uh, you've been through a lot and I don't think your parents see that. And she said that, and I was like, no, I haven't. Like, that was my original, like, response. Like, I ain't been through nothing. Because that's how everybody been acting. So, like, I never realized I was going through anything at the time to even define it as traumatic or to define it as, like, the language for, like, these things. And she said that, and I I was like, no, I haven't. And then my second thought was, like, if you can see it, and you see me a couple weeks after year in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Why can't like nobody else? Why can't I see it? But why can't nobody? My parents see it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I just want to share that. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Like I said, you know, I've had um, I, I've shared some of these stories with Reggie, but like you know, with my the students that I taught, there's so many things, right? Because I, I felt like you know I came from a certain background, right? But Even now, that background has gotten some new things, right? Like, for instance, this is an extreme thing, but I had one student that got hit by a car because they they have to walk to school because their school is too close to their home or something strange like that. So Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of the kids that have to walk. and So he got hit by a car, and then he kept going. The car kept going, and he ends up in my first period, right? And, you know, he had to get dropped off because he was late. And I was just asking him, I was like, you okay, you know, like because he was just in there, he's taking his notebook out, etc. And I, he was like, i was like, You straight, like it's okay if you don't want to do this damn bell ringer, yeah. You know <laughs> he's like, No, nah, we good, we
2: gonna keep going, yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> right? And uh, it's just that, and and there's just this this uh casual nature with some of this stuff. Like, I've had kids like, No, I'm not gonna do that because you know, I go home, my mama, she'd be punching on me, and yeah, and it's just a real casual nature to some of these things that I. You know, that are that will we we know can kind of lead to larger issues, uh, and that are affecting them in ways that they don't even have the language, like you said earlier, to even really talk about what's happening. Um, yeah, and you so, don't
2: have time to slow down, you gotta go back home. Yeah, you, you gotta I'm do saying. the same thing tomorrow. You don't have time to think about it. Like, let me do the bell ringer, let me go get lunch. Let you know, it's just like a
0: Yep. And, and you yeah. do that stuff too, so you don't gotta think about. It. Let me just write this paper, so I can be distracted and not have to deal with this mm-hmm. shit. You it's know, so. yeah. yeah.
2: Yes.
1: So one of the first things I want to talk about is your acknowledgments. Interestingly enough, uh, and I'm I'm gonna tell you why. So, but first I'm gonna ask a question that can get me marked in the south. All right. <laughs> How old are you, Kendra? <laughs>
2: I'm 27. Okay, okay.
1: I was, I was, I was kind of thinking around 27 based on like some recon. So I was talking to a fellow bookstagrammer about memoirs, mm-hmm. and somehow, uh, and uh, somehow they were, you know, well, this they started talking about one of the things uh, that I like to avoid, like my life is dependent on it, which is bookstagrammer climate, right? And the only thing that I think is worse than that is the Twitter climate, but that's another story. And she was telling me that it's frowned upon for someone to write a memoir at a young age, right? Um, because they haven't lived enough, or some jazz like that. And she was citing uh, Morgan Jerkins' work as an example in a critique of age and memoirs. I think Morgan's memoir was tw- she wrote at either twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Okay. And you guys are around the same age as she was, and you know, since you know, my co-host was like, "I don't curse," I got a little uh, <laughs> Um, and and she was, and I gather um, she she was around the same age as you, and I gather from reading from the reading of your work uh, that you don't particularly give a fuck about what's frowned upon, um, and and uh, <laughs> about frowns, right? Sure. <laughs> and And the part of your acknowledgments that said your professor Kathy Burk yes told you that by the time you were 13 you have enough to write for a lifetime and it reminded me of that because that was my response i was like it's some people that what are you talking about right yeah they were, they were at eight if they had the the technical you know technicality technical skills so can you speak about this idea that you've got to be old or like older uh should i say to write a memoir Yeah. And- can you also speak to why you're dodgy with nailing down an age throughout yours?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I heard that a lot, too, um, especially when I got like in these academic spaces. It's like, dang, I got a whole lot of rules to write something and it don't even be that good once you write it without rules. Like it all sounds the same once I do all this. And so. <laughs> when my professor had said that it like clicked something in my brain um, because like I said in general I've always just rushed my entire life of like wanting to be older like wanting to escape youth and not really understanding. because I had a great time as a kid like I had so much fun I got to do everything I got to explore what I like what I don't like blah 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 Um, and so when she said that I was like Okay, I had to really sit down, think about my life. Um, I had a full life by the time I was 13, like literally a full entire life. And I know my friends were doing more than me. They have full lives. They have like Mm -hmm. all these stories back to back. And then when I started writing like very seriously, I just always went back to childhood. Like, that was just where my mind went. Um, And wanting to figure that out, like, even when I tried to suppress it, it will always just end up like, hey, this happened when I was blah, blah, blah. Not a real age, because I never know. And so um, I heard that a lot in those spaces of like, even on TV shows, I heard somebody say, like, you're not interested until you're like 35. Or like, you're not, like, what do you know at 29 that you can write about? Or uh, things like that, which is crazy. Because first of all, I don't, if I know anything about memoir, and this is from reading bell hooks so much, you can write a hundred memoirs and it still (laughs) does not tell your whole life like it does not um i could write this same book again and it would be different bell hooks has written multiple memoirs about being a child and some of the things are similar but she always adds and tweaks something and it's like a new lesson through the age and like through the growth and so they always felt dumb to me and i'm rebellious by nature and so i was like yeah i'm gonna absolutely try to do that just because you said I can't but um, with the ages in the book while they're all scattered it's kind of just to show like how repressed memory works or like how suppressed memory works Uh, it really it's not really about the age it's about the thing that happened because it could have happened when I'm 30 or it could have happened when I'm 21 or 12 and I still feel a certain way in my body about it or I still feel um like a reaction to it that doesn't depend on the age of it. Uh, We all have stuff from childhood that like, if you brought it up now, we're going to get pissed off and like, it's going to ruin our day. Uh, So I wanted to like have that repetitive rhythm and like that repetitive nature of that age, because it is important to some people like, well, How old were you? Like, because how you emotionally react to it should change during ages, I guess, Um, which I'm learning now. Um, But, yeah, I wanted that to be a continuous thing of like blurring the lines of time in memory because it's not linear. It's not like something that I can I know I didn't want to write a memoir linearly. At first, um, in general, I was like, "Nah, I'm not going to start it. Like, I was one. And like, Mm -hmm. I was my first birthday party. (laughs) And then I'm in first grade, second grade. I knew I wanted it to, like, mix up. And I think that's why I kind of did, I like to say track list, because I think everything in album terms. um, Like, my favorite albums have uh, skits in between. And I wanted Mm -hmm. it to be, like, little vignettes. And I wanted it to blur time and space. And I wanted you to not know, like, Bro, like, how old is she? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. and then I wanted it to click when it clicked. Um, and I wanted it to be able to be read in any order, and it would still make sense. Like, you just pick out a certain um chapter. You could read that, read one at the beginning, and it will still make sense because it's not about the age, it's not about the the time per se. It's about like the happenings and the people and um the yeah whatever the feeling of it yeah and i
0: think yeah okay okay so we'll No, stop. no <laughs> hey and i'm i'm so glad yeah. you said that too because even like someone like you know of course you know i read it in order or whatever but mm-hmm. it's even just cool to share that with just people who are gonna hear this and now they're gonna get your book which they need to do um and and then when they read it they can say oh look the author herself said I can mm-hmm. you know pick and you know pick and choose or go whatever order I want to go in because Lord knows when I'm listening to albums. Although I think they need to read listen to the entire album at least to, once
2: the, the first time, to the entire
0: album. Right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, after a while, you know, it's like all right, this is this is my favorite song in here, so yes. you know, I'm gonna I'm put this one on repeat. You know, don't so.
2: shuffle it till you listen through once. <laughs> you one spin. Yeah. I love
1: that you what you talked about with memoir too because that's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, how can you say that? Like. Memoir by definition is like just a snapshot, right? Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? I mean, yeah. I guess that would fit more with autobiography, but I mean, still, like, and so they were, I, I just was like, why were you even discussing that? Like, people- I
2: think it's because, like, we train to think we supposed, especially if we're working on a larger project, mm-hmm. like, you have to write everything you ever thought about a subject at one time. Mm-hmm. And that's not how that works. Like, yeah. we don't want to read a No offense to the 600-page writers, but, like, I'm going to check out. And that was was a big thing for me with memoir as well. Um, I have to talk about heavy. It's just the greatest. Like, it's perfect. Uh And I think, like, when I started writing, well, when I started figuring out what I was writing, because I was already writing it. I just didn't know what it was. Um, When I started figuring that out. I'm very big on brevity. I'm very big on, like, getting to the point and and staying there or moving across it or whatever you got to do, but we ain't got to drag this out. Um, And I'm very big on that. And I think a lot of, like, my entire writer brain is, like, I want to be able to say the most in the least amount of time. And so I ended up taking like 60,000 words out of that manuscript. That book was way longer. And it was just like, "Uh, you dragging it?" (laughs) Like it was literally that. And it was like, okay, you're being repetitive, but not like in a stylistic way, but in like a redundant way. And like you said that we get it. You mad or like, we get it. You so-and-so like, what is the main point? And like, let those moments stick out, and write around those moments. Versus trying to trying to say everything, cause it get convoluted, and then the message gets confusing and unclear. Even if it, it don't gotta be a message, but like it just gets more confusing the more words that you try to add. So I try to strip it away as much as I can to make it succinct and like make it stick. Cause I know how I am. Like I don't want to read nothing. To be honest, over three hundred pages. Like I'm fucking yeah. out after a little bit. Um, So yeah, y'all didn't even asked me that, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey yeah. please say it. I'm not gonna lie. I've been on a short book kick like just recently too. So uh, I ain't mad at it.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. I got the notebook sitting wide leg in the middle of a textbook, and I'm working diligently because I fear forgetting. Ever having feelings and writing them down at a fast pace is the only way I'm aware they even happen. The only way I know how to make them stay. I don't know how to verbalize the things I feel about myself out loud without messing up and stumbling through it. Still don't. If I don't record it, it leaves me. So I hurry. And I read that, right? uh, Because when Achilles asked his question about, you know, potentially getting murked, right? For, you know, asking your age... Um, it also made me think of like the shifty nature of memory itself, right? And how you just broach that in myriad ways, you know, in Fruit Punch. Um, I know you've kind of spoken to us about like memory, um, but feel free. Of course, if you have anything further you'd like to say about its shifty nature, but also I wanted to speak about, I want you to speak to us about documentation, right? And not even necessarily for the sake of the, the ability to create Fruit Punch, you know, just in general, you know, because when I read that, I, I imagine a bunch of notebooks or journals just with words in it that may never, like, reach online or reach an essay or the Twitters or whatever, right? Can, can you talk to us, you know, if you have anything else you want to add on about the mm-hmm. shifting nature of memory, but also just what documentation means to you and, and just how important it
2: is? Yeah, I think it's so important for me because memory has been so unreliable in my life, Um, especially as a kid. Even now, I shouldn't say as a kid, like, up until now, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. it's been, like, very unreliable, and it caused, like, a lot of distrust in myself. Like, I... A therapist, I was reading a book like he had to tell me how you should trust yourself more. Like it, you're not remembering the same things the same way. Like you're not remembering little details for no reason, or like you're not making this stuff up because it is coming back. But it felt so shifty and unreliable because it always felt less than the people around me. Like, I could always gauge whatever I'm feeling. I could write it on the sheet of paper. I could write it in the textbook. I can write it. Um, not saying that's what I was doing as a kid. Really, I was, like, getting that energy out through sports and, like, cheer and step team and all that. Um, and then I would have little moments where, like, I just can't take it no more. And I have to, like, write down to figure things out. And so I think memory for me has always felt like a – like a what's the word when um, not a risk, but like leaning into memory I always felt like it would be my downfall. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like if I actually felt the memory and I actually felt um, the happening within the memory, um, I wasn't gonna get back up. Like I knew that, and I, I, that's kind of like when y'all asked me, "Was I okay earlier?" That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm like understanding now of like you're going to be all right, but you got to figure out how to let yourself fall down. And I don't really know how to do that. And I feel like a memory in that book, that's what I was trying to express. Um, But I'm not sure if I did it all the way. I could do it better now because I got better tools to do it. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What's the other part of the question? Yeah. Just
0: just the importance of documentation. Like, Mm -hmm. because when I when I read that passage, I don't I don't hear like oh let me you know write all this down so it can go in a book I just I just hear like I just want to it seems like you just want to make sure you just document the stuff in general right literally and just, yeah and it just seems like you know there's just this passion for writing that exists like outside of our consumption you know yeah um so yeah I just wanted to you know if you had anything you want to add on to that too yeah
2: that's why you said that because like one of my life goals is to make documentaries because I always want other people to be able to tell their truth and like actual real people to tell like their full stories and like document that. And I always been like that since a kid, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be sitting there binging human trafficking documentaries at like seven. Like this is crazy. Why ain't nobody doing nothing? <laughs> like what's happening? And it's still happening. Um, probably worse now. And And so, like, being a kid, I always wanted to sort of canonize, like, the actual lives of the people I love. Because to me, they're, like, the most talented, beautiful, funny, most full, living, but also very harmful, but also, like, all this, like, myriad of things. Um, And I don't want them to, like, leave this earth and, like, that not be document it and so I kind of did that for myself every now and then um recording things uh photography like I said I just try stuff um very big on that like even with writing like just try that shit out who cares if it's not right like you'll figure it out I think that's why I like artists like Smino or like Doja Cat or all these people who just try different sounds and like Figure it out. And it's like, dang, like you amazing just because cause people are so scared to try. And yeah. so documenting things, um, like you said, it's not like, oh, I'm documenting this so it can be a book. It just kind of works out that way later on because, yeah, yeah.
1: When you're talking about like nailing down memory, right? And like it being something that's risky. I was thinking about another part of our conversation. We were talking about how, you know, when you grow up in certain environments, you have defense mechanisms, right? And then when you get out of those environments, the defense mechanisms don't necessarily serve you anymore. And when you try to start working out of that stuff, now you need healthy mechanisms, right?
2: For, it's not weed and alcohol.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I literally was saying was like, my defense mechanism was, you know, that drink, right? Or whatever, whatever, right? And then when I stopped drinking and I would go places, I didn't know what to do with my hands. It was the funniest thing. I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I was like, so I was telling my wife, I was like, I, I would buy a water, right? Or buy like a sprite because mm-hmm. I had gotten so used to, you know, double cupping in, in the in the club, right? Yes. And so, you know, it was it was wild. And even when I, you know, quit quit the other thing, you know, I smoked cigars because of that because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with my hands. it was always like a black in my eyes or something else, right? And so at least with the cigars, you don't inhale. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, that's literally people think it's some like deep dream, you
2: know? yes that's Not, why I, I said i don't like cigars i said what is this <laughs> what are you <we> doing
1: <laughs> you know that i just get the same feeling right you know and it's fine <laughs> so um i was thinking about that like defense mechanisms and then recreating healthy mechanisms but then also like you know i i talk about music all the time on like our show and like how important it is to champion folks who aren't afraid to try something when everything tells them to just sound like everybody else, yeah. you know? Um, and so I think about that in like, when y'all read this, I think about that. And for instance, I guess I'll get into my question, um, but I want to nerd out a little bit more about, or, or learn out about language and syntax in this work. And I want to use the work to do so As I read what I wrote aloud to him, I try real hard not to focus on how I how it could read better if I move this or that sentence around or change the first line to something better suited that immediately catches the reader's attention or amped up the repetition because most things that feel good are about rhythm. Can you talk about what you mean when you say that most things that feel good are about rhythm? Um, because and then you can take that wherever you want to go because it had me thinking about whether or not feeling good is about good or feeling, and I was thinking about sound and what it means to rhythm too, because the word implies movement. So, like, just like like take us through like what you mean when you say like most things that feel good are about rhythm.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's
0: real. Hey, yeah. No, I thought it was a thing too. I was like,
2: yay. <laughs> Literally everything, um, mm-hmm. yeah, everything um, that we love, like all our vices, we love it because of the rhythms. I know smoking, it's like, which I'm, tr- which you talk about defense mechanisms. I'm trying to get off weed, and I don't try diet weed and CBD, and it's not working. But another story for another mm-hmm. day. Um. When I think about rhythm, especially in terms of writing, um just I think that's why we love poetry because of the rhythm and we love music because of the rhythm, not even like just the beat and the production, but like think of like a young thug. Like mm-hmm. we are into sometimes he's hilarious, by the way. He don't get enough credit for how he uses humor in his mm-hmm. work, but mm-hmm. the way that he switches flows and the way that he like stays in the pocket and like it's just he mastered the art of that rhythm. And so he's able to do anything within that verse and yeah. it will work because he knows what he's doing. Or like even a little Wayne, like I remember being a kid, I'm a little lame kid, like the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, like he said on the song, I can say don't rhyme, and it's gonna rhyme. And it rhymed. And I was like, oh my god, what? was <laughs> happening? Oh lord, like this is the greatest thing ever. Um, and so when I think about rhythm, I think about it um, in terms of music, most importantly, like all my favorite songs. I can think of like a little section of it that, like, it's not even how they sang it, how they said it, it's how it flowed Mm. and how it like hit a certain thing. And I think, like, when we read, we take that for granted of like getting through the things that we're reading, because if it feels choppy, if the tone is off, if the rhythm is off, like it all blends into each other. And so, when that rhythm of the sentences are not uh, where they need to be. I know when I revise, I'm always like moving a sentence from like the middle of something to like the, the second to last sentence. Like I'm always very focused on what goes after the next. Um, so that's what I mean by like things feel good um, because it, it gets you into a flow and like a trance of like your are inside of the story like you're right there with the narrator you're right there with the singer you're right there like even when we walk like the steps in our walk is like very rhythmic and like that's when we are like hey you get a little bouncing your yourself you know you start feeling it and it's just like okay you know it's everything um the way we dance the way we dance with each other the way we dance along, like it's so important to enjoying the art mm-hmm. that we like even movies like if it's the um if the music in the movie does not match the scene the rhythm is off that's why I hate loving basketball because <laughs> I hate when, I hate loving basketball for a lot of reasons but no. <laughs> that movie is trash <laughs>
1: I love loving basketball, like hate in terms of the memes that come out yes. of it. Yes. You know.
2: <laughs> but like when I hear any kind of like love scene and they playing mm-hmm. This Woman's Words by Maxwell, I'm like, do y'all have lyrics in this song? This is not for <laughs> this. Like, why do we keep playing this? Um, and it throws out the rhythm. It takes me out of the scene. And so that's what I mean by the rhythm feels good, and it even yeah. translates into my life. Like, it's no reason I should be sitting in therapy, like, hmm. I wonder if like he feeling me and you know, like we, we got a rapport because like I'm saying things a certain way and it's slick. And sometimes I don't need to do that in my life. I need to just be, (laughs) I need to talk, especially in therapy. I shouldn't be worried about that. But that's how kind of my mind has been since I've started obsessing over sentences. Like it's on my mind all the time of like, I could have said this better or even that book. I'm like, Oh, I should have moved this sentence to like, page 37 it would have killed yeah. it but nobody really noticed that unless you like just weird like me and yeah. looking at that Um, but yeah rhythm I, is very important to I everybody.
1: had meant to bring this up yesterday I think it was yesterday the day before yesterday we were talking about like rhythm and how ingrained it is and there's um well I talked about this in um, one of the poems I wrote but like that you know words are spells but even when you look at names you know that they're written mostly in iambic pentameter so that mm-hmm. it's like Jared da, 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 Kendra uh, you know, it has a mm-hmm. beat to it, and people when you know how when black folks is choosing the name, it matters so much and it's so cool because it's like they're all little songs,
2: yes, you know, <laughs>
1: you know yes, all little songs, yes. Uh and so I I don't know who it was we were talking to, Reggie. Who was the last uh author we talked to? Uh
0: Margaret Wilkes Sexton.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking about saying that to when we're talking about syntax because there's a lot of music in that uh, book yeah okay yeah. yeah yeah appreciate that
0: so whether it's the cover of your work discovering the meaning of fruit punch descriptions of LA descriptions of doll right or you saying on page 65 that you are generally confused by what it means to be inside of a body let alone what correctly costuming said body allows you access to the body is central to this narrative You know, so much so that the two respective parts of your book are called blood. Um, Can you speak to us further about the body and some of what you hope to convey in fruit punch about your relationship to the body as well as like our just, you know, all of our relationships to the body?
2: Yeah, Um, I think that like most black girls growing up, especially black girls in the South, like our bodies are sexualized like very early on um immediately kind of immediately not very early on it's like immediately like hey your uncle come and put some some pants on it's like brother Mm this is a grown-ass man what are you talking about (laughs) like i'm six (laughs) like what um that's weird you shouldn't even have him in the house if i gotta do that um and so growing up in the church it's been like that um And like I said, it was always like a a fear of being seen Mm -hmm. or like a fear of somebody seeing something on my body grow or a fear of something being pointed out that I haven't even came to terms with is there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think. I wanted to convey this ideal or like this concept. My concept is actual thing of like desirability, like being the 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 thing that's gonna take us out. Fat phobia, queer phobia, all these phobias. Um, desirability it falls under that umbrella, and how if you are especially like I'm dark skinned black girl, uh, <laughs> when I had locks how it was perceived was very different than when I'm loose natural, than when I'm perm, than like all these different, like it depends on how your hair is, the way that you're treated, which is weird. Um, And so I think I wanted to convey this thing of like desirability is a lose-lose because patriarchy is the winner here. You know, patriarchy is the, is the powerful thing that got us all in like a chokehold and it won't let us go. And we think like, it's just affecting the girls, but it affects the, the boys and the they's and the them's and everybody in between because we all are like, I don't know, but desirability in the body. I knew growing up that I didn't want nobody looking at me, coming in on my body, which was a trauma response of like not wanting to be touched, not wanting nobody to like Praise me, which I talked about earlier, like, why are you complimenting something as fickle as like my hair growing? That's weird to me. That shouldn't be like a compliment. Your hair getting long. I don't. It's hair Um, or like or like you look good. I just did not like it and I did not know why. And I am understanding now through especially that chapter about being in church, that it was always a lose-lose. Like, I could have been the prettiest, most beautiful woman in the world and it wouldn't have mattered to a certain extent because when the patriarchy wants to hit you, it's going to hit you and that's whether I'm um, little kendra dark skinned girl wounds which is a whole thing that we'll be talking about mm-hmm. um little kendra in the corner of the church like trying to hide herself is still getting the same amount of attention as the girl who is just being herself so i should just like desirability is like weird like that because First, it's weird because you're in the South, so anything that goes, we're going to get commented on in a good way um, of like, oh, you're getting thick, or like, you're not even thick, you just literally just growing, Um, but like, oh, your thighs getting big, I remember when I got hips, I would sit down in the car, and my auntie be like, dang, like, your hips kind of getting big, ain't it? And it was like an implication of like... I'm being sexual. It will always be like that of like, you having sex? I'm like, bro, I'm 12. Like, I just got hips. Like, what does that mean? Um, And so the patriarchy of, of like, the patriarchy that we all exist in and that we all live in, that we all will die from if we do not fix this shit. <laughs> um, capitalism, patriarchy, all this shit, like we're gonna, it's gonna kill us and mm-hmm. we act like it's not gonna kill us. But I think um, desirability and like what it means to live inside of a body always confused me because it just felt like the height of the praise felt exactly the same as nobody even knowing my existence. It all felt so, Similar. it all felt like on the same line and and but then also that want to like be desirable because you do want to be desirable and you do want men to see you which is another thing but you know it's there because men want other men to see them like they want to be seen it's like cool and handsome and like tough and like we, we're just all learning this behavior and if it's learned we can unlearn it and I think like just knowing how, like when internalized misogyny exists with me, um, and when to check it, and when to know, like Kendra, this attention is not the attention that you've been like, tr- especially as a kid, that like everybody tells you you should want because it comes with so much. I like I have that chapter with my home girl. Um, she was older than me, and like boys liked her a lot. Um, she was very beautiful. But like she was very sad and I saw that. And like she couldn't control like who touched her or like who said something to her. She couldn't walk down the street. And then I grow up and I get the same thing. And it's not because people find me very beautiful or people find me like so fine. It's literally just because they think they can do it, because I have body parts (laughs) and that's literally it. And I present as female. That's literally it. Um So, yeah, all in all, you know, desirability has, has, you know, it lives in all our lives. And it's still something you have to work through. And you have to wonder why you want certain things and why you want certain eyes. And sometimes you also have to tell yourself, like, you the shit today. Like, so it's like a a back and forth of, like, loving yourself, but also understanding that, like, the love you think you're getting back is not always love, and it's just understanding the difference. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and and it's interesting, like everything you said, right? Because the the chapter where you're talking about like being in church, it reminded me of the story "Girl" by Jamaica Kincaid, and just all the rules oh, that you know you gotta follow, right? Um, when you're just performing, I guess, girlhood or whatever the case may be. Um, and and I definitely liked your commentary on men just now and in the book because you talked about like jealousy and how LA taught you. That's that's the most important lesson with men. And, it, and it's interesting because you were kind of getting at this. I feel like when we were talking like men be jealous of other men too. You know, you, I know in here, you know, I especially remember like just the man being jealous of, you know, his girlfriend and just her existing basically, whether you had yeah. fun, whether you down, you know, I'm just mad. Right. But <laughs> yeah. also, you know, men really do be jealous of other men. And we've been talking about music a couple of times. I think the, primary example of that is just these you know the way these rappers are are being you know taken out right i think there's so much jealousy and hatred there right and you know i just think you you just broached that topic really well um in your work
2: thank you yeah
1: another topic you broached is being the usher sucks and i'm glad you talked about that i really hated being the usher mom whenever i do play this for you when i do when i come home i just want to reiterate how much i hated that and i couldn't wait to run away Right, but then there's a partner where you're like, and I'm thankful for, it, but just not right now, you know. And I, yeah. was, I was like, I'm thankful too. So you cool, you straight, mom, but I'm still upset, you know what I'm saying? Cause them gloves were lame and it was lame and it just was getting on my it nerves. was just too much. too much. And I gotta bring the crackers out and all that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We gotta walk slow and what was it now? It was a lot, it was stressful.
2: I um, can't sit down. <laughs> no, I sit down, didn't want the choir sit down, you
1: mad.
2: Yes. You still-
0: <laughs>
1: but, it is. but anyway all right so you brought up uh two very important things that are very specific to the south i already talked about how this makes me think about my students right um but this idea of like you know you should put some pants on right like your uncle coming over right i've heard that so i heard that for me right growing up right because you know you the imp- the 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 I mean, you want to walk around in your drawers like Shucky sure, do that now, right? But thank God he's in a safe space. But I I'm re- at
2: home. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I remember hearing that so so much, and it was making me think about what you were thinking about as a child in terms of your curiosity around the way that the world labels you, like you said specifically in the South, in terms of how Banana was calling you fast. Yeah. you say that. Fast is a heredi- is a hereditary response, one that she's paying forward. And you say uh, at school you're the last one to be messing with them little boys. I love the little boy thing. That's how you remember, really like you all right with the little fast-tailor boys. But, yeah. um, but this them that's really being fast behind you, and it just made me think about too, like the the, the what is it? Uh, how we are socialized in all these other different places to so think it's okay that boys move that way. And you were saying that it made you want to write. And I hope my question makes you want to talk. Um, and so what I want to know is, what do you think it is Banana is paying forward? Um, and also, when I think about uh, my students and these labels, uh, it made me think about how right after that, you talk about how you wish you had more time to mm-hmm. figure out uh, you know, why you wanted hugs and dances to dances with no music, you know, and I think those are two very important things the the fact that there's this labeling going on that you're curious about because you're like you know what do you
2: mean Just and they playing my M T V game
1: my association yeah. <laughs> with speeding up a process yes that I think is what is possibly being passed down but can you you know talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah I think <laughs> I was gonna say her name I think no. <laughs> it was slim because i just talked to her (laughs)
0: like
2: i was i think like that fast is kind of a a marker or like a a stopping point like she throws it out because she knows it'll make me hot like whatever you haven't done or whatever Mm -hmm. you're thinking about doing rethink that shit Mm -hmm. and stop because you're going to start getting these names. And that's what I mean by like panic forward, which it don't matter because I'm going to get caught these anyway. But I'm not thinking that however yeah. old I am. I'm just like, oh my God, immediately they think I'm having sex. Yeah. Like that's it. And so um, her saying that it really kind of rolled off my back because part of me expected to be caught that at some point. Um, so it kind of it didn't roll off my back because I still remember it to this day, but it really was like, oh, okay, it, it, it happened finally. Now, mm-hmm. move accordingly from here on out. I think like what was the most devastating thing about that was y'all just sat there and shut up the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that kind of it's like a, a thing, like it happens so often like women taking the brunt of the accountability and like the boys just sitting there like, well, all right, when is this over? So like, we could play another game later. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So it was like that coupled with being called fast, That really felt like, I, right, you in the game now.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: jumped off the porch. <laughs> you up, <know>? <laughs> what you gonna do with it? Yeah. Um, and so up, my response yeah. was like, literally shut down. Like, no. And it was like, The start of like you get one chance and you you play with that one chance it's over with and i'm still like that to this day because Mm -hmm. you showing me your character showing me your lack of integrity accountability all this and i kind of like i said i'm a kid but i've been moving like a mini adult my whole life and so Mm -hmm. i'm thinking it through i'm thinking it all the way through i have foresight i have vision i'm thinking it through but I'm realizing nobody else around me has to ever do that. It's just like, all right, well, we'll just start over again tomorrow. But in my head, it's like, dang, like all the potential was stripped away to like connect with another human person. Mm-hmm. Like not even not even romantically, like just you in my space every day. I'm going to want to learn about you. I'm going to want to talk to you. Um, and so I think FAST for me was like, That that, that point of like, all right, girl, it's here. Um, It's really nothing you can do um, because now that's how you viewed. And so either do what you want or shut down. And I had moments where I shut down completely. And I had moments where I wanted you to call me worse names because you playing with me. Um, And so it was was that. I don't even know if I answered your question. I had (laughs) got lost.
1: No, no, you can it because I think that's what this so I was just thinking about um you know what we call you know jumping off the porch, right? Yeah.
2: Um
1: and I was just thinking that's such so, such a such a good way to use it here because it's it's it symbolizes like this, you know, you free game now type thing, you know. Like yeah. you know, I don't know if you uh familiar with like some of Webby's songs before he got out there, but you know Wait. I got year nine as soon as I left the porch. You know
2: Savage Life is one of the greatest <laughs> rap albums of all time. Oh, all time. Nobody oh. be hearing me on that. Like y'all was talking no. about Boosie. It's Webby oh. and I don't really even Boosie. Okay, I'm, side note. I'm but yes.
1: From, I'm from Mississippi. I'm from right oh, I'm yeah. fifty minutes away from Baton Rouge. So I know like yes. Webby had like some unreleased tracks dissing in my city because we mm, it was on his head, he's had his beat up car, but anyway. You
2: well, G shit. <laughs> well, I'ma give it to you. Like <laughs> we were all like six in the back of my daddy Cadillac, like
1: <laughs> yes, like yeah, so you know, but that, that's what it means. It's like you free game now, you out the porch, you know what I'm saying? And so it's almost it's like this unwritten ceremony of like, you know, you out there head first now, nah, you know, 5150 type deal is on you. Yeah you know yeah. and so i feel, i felt that when you were like well I'm in the, you know like i'm out you know it's a wrap you know so i felt that
2: um uh, yeah thank you, My brother, like apologized to me recently for that i said you don't even gotta say sorry like i literally get it she was like yeah because they did just tell i said oh I no <laughs> <laughs> love,
0: love. yeah yeah, yeah. And and you know we we know better we do better you know and that, and that's dope that you got to mention that here like that you did you know receive that apology and all that mm-hmm. so you know things are changing hopefully, hopefully. yeah
2: yeah <laughs> you
0: know some some places out here some
2: places
0: yeah not mm-hmm. all the places but some of them <laughs> you know and um I guess I'll I'll get into the the closers now um for Brooklyn Riley and Chloe whenever y'all ready. Um, can you speak to us about Brooklyn, Riley, and Chloe and, and let us know why you decided to dedicate Fruit Punch to them?
2: Yeah. Um, it was that year I lived with them. Um mm-hmm. just yes. like it was weird. Cause you know, I'm not a person who necessarily like wants children or, you know, see that for myself, but mm-hmm. just being in their presence, <laughs> I'm like, I see why people might want one of y'all. <laughs> like right. I see. <laughs> Y'all are like great people Like they just love you unconditionally But you got to get yourself right Before you have them Um, But I wanted to dedicate this book To them because nobody else Around them is going to tell them the truth Nobody else around them even realizes What's going on Like you said earlier like They don't even know a problem Is a problem or like an issue is an issue Or a cycle is a cycle They just think like just surviving, like just in survival mode, and don't have the the time. Nor do they really see the reason of like facing they shit. And it's like I can talk till I'm blue in the face, but like if you don't want to do it, you gonna want to have to progress to do it. Because I'm not special. I'm not a special case. I'm not doing nothing differently. I just wanted to do something differently. And I took the steps to do that. And I want them to know that, like, they can do the same because I can see that, like, they already got trauma already. Mm -hmm. Like, at a young age, like, crazy, wild shit done happened to them already. Uh, my oldest cousin, my oldest little cousin, she's eight now. She was here a little bit in the summer. She stayed with me for two weeks. And she was just like, you could see like she going through something and she mm-hmm. don't know how to talk about it. And people think she's got bad behavior. Or are they just like, oh, well, she's like high functioning autism. I'm like, yeah, but this girl has been through literal trauma and y'all act like she crazy when she's eight years old. Mm-hmm. And so I would talk to her here. And I'm just like, brother, like, you can, we can talk about whatever. We talked about bullying. We talked about her being a bully. We talked about, like, all this. Um, and so just being with them that year, I really wanted them to have, like, something to hold in their hands, to let them know whatever it is. Like, you got somebody who you can talk to. And if I can't help you, I can find somebody who can help you. And if they can't help you, we are going to keep finding people because, It's like no way that we should be telling this exact same story and and raise the exact same generation of child with the same exact issues that five generations before us have still been doing, Um, especially because it's so many resources now. And you have so much uh, space to find help, affordable help. Like That's a whole nother conversation. But um, it is spaces and it is people. And I just wanted them to be able to be like, Kendra cared about me enough to like not bullshit me and like mm-hmm. tell me the truth and let me know like the feelings that I feel because I see myself a lot in the eight year old I'm like yeah. dang she she get nervous around people like she kind of when she, we around like even her mom like she at my hip and she like don't want to talk to nobody She like I just stay with you and like I see myself in her mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just like dang like whatever it is whenever y'all ready like here you go and we can talk
0: about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that is that is dope. And I love asking that question because, you know, I, I feel like authors rarely get the chance to talk about, like, dedications and epigraphs. They just yes. kind of just live in the book or whatever. So
2: yes.
0: no, that's dope. Um,
2: Thank you book- for that question.
0: Oh, no, no doubt. No problem at all. Um, a book you've been reading and enjoying?
2: Recently? Uh, what's on this table? It's a lot of books. I'll be reading like a lot of books at once. Okay. Uh, so I'm reading. Like yeah. I've been, I'm reading Remember Rapture, uh, Writer at Work, Bell Hooks. I just love women writing about writing. That's like my favorite genre. Uh, Intozaki, Shungaze, A daughter mm-hmm. Geography. Just the coldest to ever do it. We mm-hmm. like, we talk about trying shit. Inspiration, 100%. Love her so much. Um, Inferno by Eileen Mouse. Hmm,
0: uh, it's hmm, like hmm.
2: a poet's novel. It's pretty good so far. Um, Crush. I gotta with <laughs> okay, got a lot of what you said.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, right you're in the perfect around.
2: place. Uh, Crush by Richard Sicken It's a poetry collection. I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's a couple of them that's good. And then the last thing is uh, I took the cover off, but Alice Walker's Journals, I've been oh, reading that. Okay. And, yeah, and like, you got some drama. Yeah. Read, read that. I said, I didn't know Tracy Chapman and Alice Walker mm-hmm. was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's amazing. Why we don't talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Shit, I didn't know either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> one of your favorite books that you've read in the last calendar year? Oh. And I threw one of it in there so your, so your peoples can't get offended because you're only choosing one of okay. your favorites. Mm-hmm.
2: I would say Ekweki Amezi Sederson Thurin. I think that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. And that's yeah. a memoir as well, but it's written very beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I really like that book. I still go back and read certain chapters of that book. Cool. Yeah. Now.
0: And, and, and you have a theme here because you do like the authors that are trying. like That's, that's consistent because Ekweki is trying everything. Yes. Romance, memoir, novel, YA. So, yeah, yes. no, you're 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 consistent. Um, yeah,
2: they begin. I'm like, hey, you're doing the thing. Yes. If people don't think you're doing the thing, you're doing the thing. <laughs> yes.
0: And the author whose work you've read the most?
2: Okay, it might be a tie. So I would say it's the tie between Kiese <laughs> Layman and Bell Hooks. Because I kind of I mean. read the same seven books over and over, and yeah. most of them are theirs. Yeah.
0: yeah. So do you do you know them off the top of your head? I mean,
2: yeah. Um, how to slowly kill yourself and others in America, heavy, um, bone black by bell hooks. My favorite, favorite book. It used to be how to slowly kill yourself, but my favorite book is wounds of passion by bell hooks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Like, I just it's amazing, it's marked up. Uh, what else I be reading? Uh, you can't keep a good woman down by um, Alice Walker. Love that. Um, what else? How many was that? It's kind of uh, like just it's
0: five. Five. Okay.
2: five. Yeah. Oh, Sons of Achilles by Nabila Lovelace. That's one of my favorite poetry collections. Yeah. You got um, acknowledgments.
1: I was like, what did I? Yes. Say? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. yes. Amazing. Ten out of ten. And then I just love Denise Smith in general. Mm. Um, so I always like try to keep up with what they write in.
0: Yeah, nice. Okay, and an author whose work you've read that you wish was read, discussed, and or taught more.
2: Ooh, Jenny Booley.
0: Hmm.
2: Nice. She nice. writes a lot of craft books, but she writes personal narrative within the craft to show off how well she is at writing like craft, but like she's doing the thing while talking about the fire. Read betwixt in between betwixt in between by jenny booby it's amazing and she was also one of my teachers
0: yeah nice okay thank you for that recommendation and uh your favorite book you've read that no one has heard of
2: oh okay i don't know if no one heard, let me think kind of give me like 10 not hands. enough
0: people have heard of
2: Mm. Uh, probably Gumbo Yaya by Arielle Marie, and it's a poetry collection. Oh, you got it!
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 right yeah.
2: for and, sure, read it. Just the cover alone.
0: flying yeah, yeah. Yes. Nice. And um, I, I I guess I'll throw in these these couple quick hitters. I think I think we've we've earned this one. So some music you've been listening to that you
1: yeah that you like.
2: uh,
0: attack you if you didn't ask that I you know, how music. long we got? <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're hey, ain't, ain't no rush. We love music here.
2: Yes. um, Duran Bernard. I love Duran Bernard, um, mm-hmm. especially his first album. But this new one's pretty good, too. And Charlotte Day Wilson. If y'all don't listen, I don't know what's up with these white Canadian singers, but it's something over there that they be.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Charlotte Day Wilson. Listen to Mountains. That song is like chef's kiss. It's amazing. Uh, but that whole entire Alpha album is good. Um, I've been listening to Lyle like Thug lately. Uh, specifically, his, like I said, I think he's funny. And I love his humor. It don't get talked about. But his words. Um, specifically, his verse on this Ray Shrimmer song called Offshore. It's like a three-minute verse. And first listen, it's like, uh, again like you mumbling but like when you actually get into the lyrics amazing one of my favorite verses ever like ever I love that verse um what else I've been listening to oh it's this singer named John Doe but she spells her name G-E-A-N and then she spells Doe D-E-A-U-X and she has this song called Stay Down it has been on repeat for me but also her EP see? That came out like a couple years ago. Ten out of ten, no skips. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to Stay Down. I'm more like a what song you listening to? <laughs> yeah,
0: we do, we do the same way. I'm I'm more of a songster than an albumster. Or
2: yes, like I be trying I- to listen to the new albums, and then I just I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I listen yeah. to the old albums like over. So so you mentioned listening to to uh, to Screw. Yes. Um were you referencing like you know screwed up click or yes. something newer? Okay. okay. Yes. Favorite member of the oh. uh F-C? All of them. All of them. <laughs> All of them.
2: <laughs> All of them. Whatever, like we plan on the freeway, driving to Galveston from Houston oh. as a kid. All of it. Um I'm thinking about um Drink Up in My Cup
1: Freestyle.
2: But also yeah. Zero is one of my favorite rappers yeah. ever. Yeah. Um Zero I think he was like the intro to like my sad boy rap. Like yeah. we like to credit that to like newer rappers, but Zero was like the first. <laughs> Sad rapper I ever yeah, yeah. heard. I was like,
1: dang, what he going through? Because his life sounds horrible. <laughs> you know, you know, okay, this is going shut up. But I just had to ask you about that because you mentioned it. And I, you know, I know you were younger, but I was like, surely, you know, she didn't mention it. But he has this song, I think, on the Life and Times of Joseph McVeigh where the intro of it is like, I'm sorry, I don't have none of that good feeling music, none of that stuff that makes you feel good. So far, I've only experienced nothing but heartache and pain. So I'm sorry for not making you dance.
2: I'm, yeah. right. <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. killing you. <laughs> and I'm thinking about, uh, I also, this is not a part of that, but just Devin, the dude in general, is dude. another yep. inspiration mm-hmm. for me of like how he just tells stories. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, but it's mm-hmm. also like, dang, that was real. Or yeah. like, Word yeah. All time mm-hmm. to me. Yes. Yeah. he
1: don't get talked about enough amazing that whole era uh you know it had that run but i just think uh like i think i was telling you that reggie but like texas music like this the whole third coast was just surviving off of that Mm -hmm. when i was growing up you know them and um a ball mjg and them it was like that was it for a while yeah
2: Same age, Pippin. Also, one of the greatest songs of all time. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite karaoke song. I'm mm-hmm. gonna sing it. I'm gonna rap it in yeah. every karaoke. And one more person. I'm oh, so sorry because <laughs> well, we talking about mm-hmm. music. I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep talking. I really have always enjoyed Vince Staples as an artist, mm-hmm. like yeah. since his mixtape days. But I really, really enjoy like how he gets better and better every time. Like yeah. you can tell he's like taking the craft seriously. He just gets better and better. And every album it's like, I find it funny because it's like earlier on, it was like them oomps, beats. Mm-hmm. But like he talking about racial issues in the lyrics. And then I've been to a couple of his shows, like the audience is all white and he literally telling y'all y'all the problem, but y'all just like I'm <laughs> <It's cool. laughs> like, are y'all here?
1: Vince is such an interesting. I love rappers like Vince that are like uh, him and a uh, Boogie, uh, Westside Boogie. This, yeah. But I love like rappers that are from a certain lifestyle that a lot of people are glorifying who don't just lean into that. Yeah. You know, like said, like Vince has so many different songs, you know, and Boogie too. You know, is is uh, it's just it's really dope to see that because they could take the easy route. You know, Boogies, yeah,
2: so, um, yeah. everything for sale literally saved my life in 2019. I to, like, I listened to it every day, every single day. Album.
1: I mean, I can't say enough. Like, I said, I don't want to hold you, but I was really upset when I didn't see that you were writing about music too until like 30 seconds before. I was like, oh, I would have just made all my money. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Next time, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, like,
1: sure, what man. are
2: y'all listening to?
1: Um. Boatload of La Russell. Um, uh, he's from um, the the Bay. I don't know if you're familiar with La Russell, uh, but he's an up and coming artist that I love, and I got a chance to actually talk to him. Um, I listened to Everything's for Sale and uh, what is it? The one, the the second boogie album.
2: Uh, um, nope, more Black superheroes.
1: On uh, the one, um, so prior to before he got signed, um, it has the reach on it.
2: Okay,
1: uh, I know what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, been listening to that a lot. Um, there's this new guy that holds sign named H.D. Ben Dope that I've been trying to see if he's going to be good. It's usually that's a, a decent sign, you know, because we got Cole kind of that way and other artists. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been listening to Pimp C again. I was listening to Naked Soul. Sweet, you know, I, I needed it in my life. Um let's see, and uh yeah, it's called the yeah, the reach is the name of the album. And common had dropped the album in 2021 that I was totally unaware existed. A beautiful revolution, you know. <laughs> album. Um, but yeah, I'll stop be there because I can go on. I'm not
2: that. laughing at you listening to comment. I'm just laughing because every time I hear common's name, I get upset, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, common- so I was going to say it's because of Love and Basketball. It wasn't in Love and Basketball, but he was in a basketball movie just right. Yeah. <laughs> might be what it is. Yeah. That's why I watched. No, you it's,
2: it's like he just popped up in everything I'm enjoying. Like I was watching John Wick. I was like, why are you here? <laughs>
1: yeah, he ain't dying. The boy ain't going. Like
2: <laughs> He just showed up. Like how many jobs do you got, bro? <laughs> <Can> you just-
1: <laughs> John Wick literally stabbed his man in the chest. And left him on the train, and my man, my
2: man kept going. Son. It's a mess because he can't really act. But okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like how? How did I make it to books of pop culture, man? <laughs>
2: Love your music. Love your music. What you and, listen to, Reggie?
0: Um, so I I went to my search list too, or whatever. So I got Night Talk, Drake, and Twenty One Savage. Okay. I got. I was listening to B Boy Stance by Cassidy today. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was listening to like my list is random as hell. Yeah. I listened to Ransom by Lil Tecca. Okay. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: I was. I was listening to Eurostep by Westside Gun. Okay. Uh Jose Canseco by Westside Gun. Mm-hmm. Margella Split Toes by Westside Gun. Mm-hmm. LaRusso, La Russell L A Leakers Freestyle.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: okay. Uh tomorrow by Cardi B or by no not Cardi B by Glorilla. Glorilla. Oh, he glow. Glow.
2: <laughs> he glow, glow. Yes, right. love it. Um,
0: and through through my lovely girlfriend Kathea, I've been listening to a healthy serving of Ari Lennox, POF. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, POF primarily. Oh, and mm-hmm. Boy Bye with her and Lucky Day. Yes. That's probably my favorite one off of the album. I like the back and forth. I think they could do a lot with that. They really promote that song because there's mm-hmm. just not a lot of that going on and just mm-hmm. R&B in particular. And I think it's like I think it could go places if they try to. But, you know, we'll see. If they happens.
2: try to because she's so consistent with making amazing music. Like, she does mm-hmm. not have a bad song. Yeah. No, I can't think of one. Yeah, also, yeah. one more thing. I was thinking you said L.A. Leakers freestyle. I've been watching the Ray Vaughn L.A. Leakers freestyle. Man,
0: yeah. I be about he to be it.
2: in tears. Like, first of all, extremely talented. Like, very prepared for the moment. Like, literally. But just, oh my god! Yeah. Like, just thinking about that shit, I'm like
0: that. That, that he was. He was going in on there Yes, it's
2: one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I'm like, yeah. why do I keep rewatching this over and over? It's. I hope he's. Very long successful career because well, you know he
1: he's the replacement for Kendrick, right? And so it's interesting. I mean, you know, that they find him and he has some really, really good freestyles on YouTube that are really punchy like that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I only worry about uh, because he has like a few EPs, I only worry about like song choice, yeah, with him. Uh, but that, like I said, that freestyle, I think. That was one of the last ones I taught. I used to just teach freestyles in uh, my English class, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's yeah, it's wild. I wish they, I wish TDE pushes Isaiah Rashad more, but I think Isaiah Rashad is kind of like I'm, I'm cool with where I'm at. Yeah,
1: but, yeah. This, really, me personally, me yeah. and my homeboy Theo, uh Theo Reads, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of ready for him to dip and just kind of like really just because he's a he's a super talented. This is a beautiful mix of like some of the songs that raise me that he plays around with. Uh I need diamond tea, living like he takes
2: homage um... all the time. Yes. yes.
1: Um, so he I love Isaiah too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's my favorite on TV, like a hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Movies and or TV that you've been enjoying.
2: Oh, okay. So I recently finished watching Fleabag Bag today. Um, on Amazon. Leave it's it. hilarious. It's like, you know who Michaela Cole is?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes.
2: Have y'all watched Chewing Gum?
0: I, mm-hmm. I've seen like bits, but not, okay. not for real.
2: So Fleabag is like the white kind of version of that, but it's hilarious. It's very good. It's very good. And it's just two seasons, six episodes. Um, So I watched that. Um, I've been watching movies on planes a lot so I've been traveling. So I watched In the Mood for Love, which was amazing, it's like this foreign Japanese film. It was so beautiful, it was so beautiful. It's about like this, um, these two married people who found out that their spouses are cheating with each other and so they try to recreate how they might've fell in love. It's beautiful, it don't sound beautiful, but it is. (laughs) And so I watched that. Um, I watched Death Proof, um, the old Quentin Tarantino movie, which mm-hmm. might be my favorite Tarantino movie. I saw Jackie Brown, um, but people didn't like Death Proof, Death but I like it. Um, mm-hmm. I've been watching reviews of Don't Worry, Darling, cause I want to see it, but I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to go pay to see it. So mm-hmm. I've been watching people talk about it, um, online. <laughs> I've, I've been,
0: I've, I've, I've been hearing about that cause like the dude who's in it had like the number one song for like ever. Yes. Um, harry styles. i'm not i'm not like i'm trying to be more like you know pop culture or whatever but i gotta work on like my white people
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> um
0: yeah but, but yeah i learned about who harry styles was oh harry styles yeah 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 yes. and and yeah like you'd be like it's a shame how long it took me like i learned about i'm, I'm so bad at like white people that i learned who taylor <laughs> swift was the night kanye did what he did
2: I did oh, too. okay. Yeah. I get that. I know, like yeah. the big white people, like Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish. I know all the yeah. pop girls because I like pop music. Yeah. I don't. I don't know not one hairstyle song, but yeah, yeah. And,
0: and that's <laughs> and that's how I kind of. So I heard about him because his song was going crazy, and then I heard about the controversy around that movie. And yeah. I'm trying to read more into the controversy, just just cause.
2: Yeah, um, that's what all the movie is about, the controversy. So I'm like, I'll wait till it's streaming somewhere.
1: Tell us who you would like to see as a guest on Books or Pop Culture. But this person has to be someone who you would be willing to help us connect with in the event that we may need some help connecting.
2: Nabila Lovelace or Ariel Marie. Literally some of the greatest poets ever that we should be talking about more and I will be willing to connect y'all to them immediately.
1: <laughs> with Love uh, Lovelace, right?
2: Sons of Achilles.
1: Okay, okay. That's to yes. uh, I know the name, okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, that, that's also your epilogue, too, or, or she is um, yeah. responsible for one of your epilogues, along with Denzel Curry, so yeah, that's... Yes.
2: that's yes. A yes, 100%. Yes, y'all should have either of them on here, or both.
0: Cool, cool. <laughs> that is dope, and... um. The final, the final question, um, share with us what you're able to share about what's next for you and, you know, the best place that people can go to, you know, follow your journey.
2: Yeah. Um, the best way to keep up with me, my website is Kendra Um, again, say hi. Like I respond back if I, if it don't go to spell, but yeah, that's the best way to keep in touch with me right now. Um. I finished another poetry book. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if what I'm working on is a novel or not. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or right. I think it's a novel. I'm pretty sure it's a novel because I thought it was short stories at first, but I think it's a novel.
0: You could so, kill short stories. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm just letting you know. Like, And I, I love short stories. You, you, could, you could come in that genre and... You know, yeah. just rack up some some of that prize money. I'm just I'm just saying, I know it's there. He yeah. told
1: us that you just gotta get it done, you know what I'm
0: saying? <laughs> you won't let it be like Yeah.
2: That's the problem It's and, in my head.
0: And I could even see you writing a novel like how Natasha's Brown Assembly is. You read mm-hmm. Assembly?
2: No, I haven't read it, but I heard oh. nothing but amazing things. I'm gonna buy it.
0: You would love it. I'm
2: putting
0: it in my phone. I'm not being rude. Oh Oh, no, you're good, and I I could definitely see you just based off like what you did here. I could Mm -hmm. definitely see you writing something like a symphony for sure. And Mm -hmm. and really and truly, you 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 did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the
2: thing about genre. Like it really be everything, but like we say, it's one thing and it's not. But yes, I do wanna tap into fiction because I I really made the decision that I'm probably never going to write about myself again unless I'm talking about music. Uh, so, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's another thing that like, we've learned from this thing. If you wrote a book of music essays, Lord.
2: <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on hey, it. I think I, I want to do like a craft book about rappers.
1: Yeah. Okay. But
2: like writing. Yeah.
1: Just have me do the audio where I can be like, man, hold up. You know you I got
2: I got you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, my man, hold oh up! <laughs> me and Kendra Allen went half and bought the Lakers. Like, let me just come Have in. Have you read
2: that. the Webby essay? Because
0: it's 100% getting written. So, yeah, no, I'm glad that you are just a person who will try her hand at numerous things. I'm excited to see like what your body of work is going to look like in its totality. Um, and, and for now, what y'all need to do is go ahead and get your copy of Fruit Punch. We prefer when you get your copy from bookshop.org shop slash Books of Pop Culture. Um, thank you again, Kendra, for your time. This has been amazing. Thank um,
2: y'all.
0: Yes. And for Kendra Allen and Akilah Nazaria, I'm Reggie Bailey. This has been another edition of Books of Pop Culture. We will see y'all soon. Woo-hoo.